In 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down the Dobbs decision reversing 50 years of Roe versus Wade. You would expect that the, the abortion debate would now be settled, but it's a long way from being settled, and you'll be stunned when you see the arguments that are being presented about abortion today. Top human rights organizations from around the globe have called on the United Nations to intervene in the United States over what they say are the destruction of abortion rights in the U.S. Now, it should bother you right up front that there is an idea that the United Nations has jurisdiction and can overrule constitutional questions in the United States. But that's a different conversation. I want to talk specifically about what these human rights organizations are upset with. And in the category of overstatement or exaggeration, I want to actually read some quotes that come from the letter that they sent to the United Nations. The signatories of this letter include the Global Justice Center, Pregnancy Justice, Amnesty International, and an organization called Human Rights Watch. They say things like this, abortion restrictions deny women's decisional and bodily autonomy in a way that rejects the agency, dignity, and equality of people who can become pregnant. Now, the first thing you need to notice there is they don't use the word women. They, they're talking about people who can become pregnant. There's a clue right there that this complaint flows out of an agenda that is detached from reality. They claim in their letter that overturning the constitutional right to abortion contravenes the U.S.'s international obligations as a member organization of the United Nations. In other words, we're no longer qualified to be in the community, the global community of nations, because we are in the business of eliminating abortion. I find that fascinating because at a moment in global history when every industrialized nation on earth is facing a significant decline in population rate, a decline that may not be reversible because abortion and birth control is keeping us below the replacement rate for population growth, at a moment in history where we have major economic challenges in the industrialized world because of the loss of population growth, they are arguing that we no longer belong among the community of nations because we are restricting access to abortions. Now listen to these over-the-top statements. They say the U.S. must be castigated on the world stage for its treatment of women, girls, and others who can become pregnant. There's that catchphrase again. They say the scale and intensity of human rights violations that the U.S. is inflicting on its population are near unfathomable at this point. In other words, there's never been human rights violations in the history of the world, quite like the Dobbs decision. It, it gets better. The authors say the curtailment of abortion rights in the U.S. is a piece, 
with the country's history of devaluing the lives of black women who are hit worst by abortion restrictions. Okay, first thing we have is this idea that we're impacting people who can be pregnant. Huh. But now they've brought race into it, and their trump card here, if I can use that phrase, is the idea that by restricting abortion, we're yet again proving our racial hatred of black women. I would argue the reverse. Do you realize that in New York City right now, there are more black babies killed by abortion every day than there are black babies born in New York City hospitals? There's actually a negative growth rate for African Americans in New York City because of the abortion industry. And yet, because we're restricting abortion, uh, it shows how much we hate black women. They go on to say, abortion restrictions compound economic, social, and geographic barriers to health care, including contraception, disproportionately impacting black women's ability to access the care they need. Now, here's the quotes that I really, that I really love. Ending the constitutional right to abortion has had far-reaching and in some cases life-threatening risks, the authors write, including for those seeking miscarriage care, those forced to travel across state lines for abortions, and those denied care for potentially fatal complications such as ectopic pregnancies. All right, what a disaster. How do we deal with this? Well, first of all, there's no place in America where the Dobbs decision is preventing a woman who has a miscarriage from having proper health care. That is a straw man that holds uh, no value at all. Traveling across state lines for abortion. We travel across state lines to eat at a restaurant we like. These travel uh, necessities uh, have always, you know, I'm, I'm prejudiced against, uh, I'm being prejudiced against because I'd like to see the Grand Canyon more often, but you know what? They keep it in Arizona and I have to drive across state lines to go visit the Grand Canyon. I should sue somebody. And then they said, women are denied care for potentially fatal complications such as ectopic pregnancies. There is no abortion restriction in the land that hinders women who need medical treatment for an ectopic pregnancy. These are flat out misrepresentations, I might even call them lies, to try and create an outrage that doesn't need to exist. But that's not even the best quote. Here's my favorite one. They told the UN committee that the denial of abortion can quote, cause physical and mental suffering so severe in pain and intensity as to amount to torture. Women in America are being tortured because they don't have access to abortion on demand. They can't kill their babies at will. Well, they end the letter by suggesting that even with the loss of Roe v. Wade, the Biden administration can make up for this terrible situation in our country by making abortion drugs more readily available and by removing unnecessary regulations on those drugs. 
Okay, fair point. Let's talk about abortion drugs. On January the 3rd of this year, the Food and Drug Administration, a division of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, quietly updated the language on its website to reflect a major regulatory change related to the abortion pill called mifepristone. It's commonly known as RU486 or uh, the morning after pill. What they did was they circumvented standard FDA safety requirements for any drug to facilitate the approval and distribution of a drug without sufficient uh, testing or, um, or examination. Here's what we've discovered. The use of mifepristone as an abortion drug um, is so dangerous that their original regulations required that a pre-abortion ultrasound should be required in order to rule out ectopic pregnancy and to make sure that the, uh, the child was of a gestational age that would allow the drug to work. The drug is deadly, fatal, for women who have ectopic pregnancies, and that can only be diagnosed with an ultrasound. But the new regulations allow the distribution of this drug without an ultrasound, without double checking to make sure that the woman who wants an abortion is a candidate for this particular drug. Research shows that, after, that in a five-year period after this drug was initially approved, there were 20 deaths and 2,660 adverse events related to this drug. In other words, this drug was rushed to market, it was approved, and now the rules have been changed to facilitate broader distribution. And we know by the evidence already in place that it is an extraordinarily dangerous pharmaceutical that we're offering as though it was a Flintstone vitamin. Certain women that have a particular kind of bacteria in their body, here's something that you'll never hear in the mainstream media. Mifepristone is 100% of the time fatal to women who have that particular bacteria. They die within days of taking this medicine. And yet, the Biden administration has now made it possible to get this drug with no medical examination, no testing whatsoever. Congressman, Congressman Mark Souter said this, to continue defending this dangerous drug in light of the mounting scientific evidence, injury and death, is to allow one's zeal for abortion to truly distort their view of what is right for women's health. But then we already knew that. You see, the reality is, those in favor of abortion in this country talk a lot about constitutional rights, they talk about women's health care, they talk about freedom of choice. But the reality is there is a spiritual energy behind the pro-choice movement that is demonic. Because the push for abortion is taken often to the level of being totally irrational it is a devotion to death that is mind-boggling. Let me give you an example. <clears throat> a potential future 
Democratic candidate for president of the United States is Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Newsom runs a state that is already a, an abortion destination, and he is committed to abortion with a zeal that is almost unimaginable. Well, his latest thing is he has attacked Walgreens, a nationwide pharmacy chain. See, Walgreens is in an interesting situation. With, this, with the availability of this drug, Walgreens has to face the reality that distribution of this particular abortion drug is illegal in 21 U.S. states. It's legal in the other 29, but it's been made illegal in 21 states. The governor of California, forgetting that he's only governor of one state, has pulled from Walgreens a 50-something billion dollar state contract because he said Walgreens' announcement that they will not sell the abortion drug in states where it's illegal uh, is not acceptable to the governor of California. In other words, he says, we won't do business with Walgreens unless they break the law of 21 states and distribute this drug uh, across the country. Well, first of all, it's breathtaking that the governor of California thinks that he can bully a, a corporation to break the law in other states. He not only doesn't understand the way America works, the idea that there are 50 states and they have sometimes different rules and regulations, he's under the misconception that because California is a big influential state, that he can just make anybody do anything he wants them to do. This is not a guy you want in the White House. Walgreens has said, we, we regret that the governor of California has pulled our contract to do business in the state of California. But they said, we're not sure what he's going to do because we've simply said, we'll sell it where it's legal. We won't sell it where it's not legal. And no other pharmacy chain in America has taken any different position from that. But that doesn't matter to the governor of California because his blind devotion to an industry of death isn't based on reason, rationality, or political reality. It's based on a blind devotion to a demonic practice where children are sacrificed for ungodly priorities. How do we approach this as believers? Well, let me just give you some verses to look at. In Exodus chapter 21, verses 23 through 24, you have an instance in the law of the Old Testament where a struggle between two men breaks out, and in the process of that struggle, there is an injury caused to a pregnant woman. If the injury does not result in the loss of life, then the penalty for that injury is simply a fine. But if the injury produces the loss of the baby's life, there are much more serious and severe penalties that are imposed. The point is, in the Old Testament, the recognition was that life is significant. And what may have just been worthy of a fine for damage done to a, a pregnant woman, if there's loss of life, the, the penalty is much more severe because the loss of life is a major issue. 
In Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the prophet says that God spoke to him and said, I made you, and before you were born, I knew you in the womb. The Bible is clear that, 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 that babies are not a fetus, they're not a, a clump of cells, they're not inanimate life that sort of magically uh, become alive at the moment of birth. There is a reality that God creates life intentional, and that life is human. It has personhood even before it passes through the birth canal. In Proverbs 31.8, here's the verse that should guide all of us in this abortion debate. Proverbs 31.8 says this, Open your mouth for the people who cannot speak, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Listen, there is no clearer biblical charge to defend unborn life than the call to open our mouths on behalf of those who can't defend themselves. The abortion battle is not finished. In fact, the extremes of the pro-death movement are becoming outrageous, unreasonable, and irrational. So guess what we have to do as believers? We need to dig in our heels and defend life to promote the sanctity of God's creation to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Folks, we need to be faithful to reality, not this, this craziness that, that, that progressives want to hold to. They are devoted to something horrible. What can you do? Don't be silent when the subject comes up in conversation. Defend truth, defend the unborn, defend the, our right to establish restrictions to this child sacrifice that has unfortunately become so entrenched in our, in our culture. And remember who these crazy people are devoted to a culture of death. And when they run for national office, you don't let them win. This is Truth Currents. Whoa.